0: You are listening to United and Resilient, a podcast designed to help heal and support the El Paso community. I am your host, Oscar Ariaga, outreach coordinator for the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center, a program of United Way of El Paso County. We are dedicated to serve those who were impacted directly or indirectly by August 30. Join us on the journey to long-term recovery as we have honest conversations with local leaders, mental health specialists, and fellow El Pasoans who share their stories and expertise, we feature topics that influence and impact the vitality and resilience of our community. We are El Paso United, and together we heal. Juntos, sanamos. Dear listener, before we begin, a note of warning. The topic we are about to explore contains a mention of the mass casualty events and a description of the events that unfolded thereafter. This episode may not be suitable for everyone. Please note any views or opinions shared in this program are personal and belong solely to the individual and do not represent the United Way of El Paso County or the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This episode will be dedicated to music and its healing benefits. All of us have certain songs, a music album, a music band, or even a tune that we can whistle, and it brings us comfort and happiness. When we need it, music gives us energy and motivation. When we're worried, it can soothe us. When we're wary, it can encourage us and when we're feeling deflated it could re-inspire us joining us is renowned international music artist zul bailey we will discuss how music and sound bring our attention to enhance one's health and well-being first let me introduce a live recording small musical piece from our guest zul bailey mm. considered one of the premier cellists in the world. He is a Grammy award-winning American cellist in the 2017 Category Best Classical Instrumental Solo for his live recording cello concerto, Tales of Hemingway. He has produced more than 30 chart-topping titles, and he has appeared with major orchestras internationally performed at the Walt Disney Concert Hall, Kennedy Center, and Carnegie Hall, just to name a few. He is the Artistic Director of the Sitka Summer Music Festival Series and Cello Seminar in Alaska, the Juno Jazz and Classics in Alaska, the Northwest Bach Festival in Washington, and our very own El Paso Pro Musica. Plus, he's a professor of cello at the University of Texas at El Paso. Welcome, Zul. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your profession, do share those professional achievements you made and please include that journey that be to becoming a world-class cellist.
1: Well, it started with my parents. It started with uh, my environment, my community. 1972 I was born. 1976 I was introduced to the cello via my parents. My sister's a violinist. My father's a clarinetist. My mom's a pianist. All of their friends are in music. Uh, My mother, was the organist at our church. It was what I knew. Um, It gave me strength in hindsight. Uh, It gave me direction, clarity. My parents told me that when I picked up the cello at four, I shut my eyes and played the sounds of the cello for 15 minutes without stop. They were astonished by the power that it had over a very hyperactive young little kid to stop this person in their tracks and from that day forward they had to stop me from playing so every day at that point forward i didn't want the music to stop it's easy to to explain that at the time i just didn't want the feeling of expression and safety and warmth and freedom to stop. You know, there's that saying in the world, it's not what you do, it's how you make people feel, that it's kind of my, my mantra. And that kind of is the reason why I play the cello, and the cello has been a part of my life for so long, 40, 46 years. And all the things that you just read are astonishing to me, the, the bio, the achievements, but that's not why I do it. It's how, it, how those situations made me feel in the sharing of music. And it just so happens that I've made a life doing that. So it's, I feel incredibly um, blessed, um, grateful. I try to pause daily to appreciate um, the magnetism and the positivity that the arts and culture bring to our lives through music and the other arts as well, of course. But there is an X factor to music. There is a a question mark of why, and that is the question that keeps bringing me back. Why certain music at certain times? Why certain feelings coming out of the same music um, that was different than the day before? Hmm. Music in my life and the arts create these questions that make me a better human being to then be able to go out into humanity and hopefully make it a better place. But it just so happens that I wanted to play the cello. When I saw a cello at a symphony concert, I gravitated towards it. In fact, the running joke is that I was running backstage to see the musicians mm-hmm. after a concert, and I ran into a cellist, knocked the cello out of their oh, hand, no. <laughs> and it smashed and broke the neck. Oh. And that was my first run-in with the cello. <laughs> From that day forward, I got the cello and I'd been playing it, and um, there was never any question that that was, that was it. That was my passion. Mm-hmm. And that, that saying is that if you can find your passion and make that what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I haven't had a job my entire life. I've never worked a day in my life. I What I do is how I live and what I live for. It also sustains me uh, in how I live. Perfect,
0: that's great. And thank you for taking us through that journey. Let's begin with why is music important? You know, sometimes we're searching for the headphones or the AirPods and, and listen to that favorite song while we're waiting for the bus or at the airport or at a doctor's office or just at home, just to relax. What is it doing to us during those hours we listen to it? What is that power of music that attracts us?
1: I'm pausing right now to let you understand that silence is also music.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting.
1: Musicians, composers, the pauses in music are just as profound to me even in speaking, as the sounds themselves. People ask me all the time what I listen to in my spare time. And the truth is I don't. I don't listen to music. I sit in silence and I gather my thoughts because they're real to me. And I don't want a distraction or something to emphasize my thoughts when I'm thinking about something very important to me. Why I'm telling you that is because music is in many ways a soundtrack to our lives Mm -hmm. and it guides us. And one of the most important moments of my life in the power of music was at my debut playing a concerto, the Sasson's Cello Concerto, I was 12 or 13 playing with orchestra and I looked out in the audience and most of the audience had their eyes shut. And I realized that I was giving them an escape. their daily lives somehow the music was washing over them in a way that made them become at peace from the things that they were carrying throughout the rest of the day with their work and it did for me too it started making me realize the tool that music is in accessing different parts of us at different times when i'm trying to pick something that is supposed to be the soundtrack to a particular occasion i'm very specific about that
0: do you at times um, when you're at a restaurant or at home and of course get that napkin right down through the chords, write down the specific chords that brings out that emotional happiness that you have?
1: No, I don't. I don't, I don't think my music doesn't I don't think of music that way. I don't think of it in, in a musicological a theoretical way. Mm-hmm. I know that' that's, there's a formula to that because that's a film composer's role. A film composer sees the people on screen and sees them crying and has to put together the chords that would augment that and make people hurt while watching them, watch them cry. Or an Indiana Jones type on a, on a, on a horse, that would be something heroic. Maybe they would use the French horns or specific kinds <laughs> of, of, of percussion to, mm-hmm. to augment that the first thing that came to mind when when i am at a, a gathering when you said that about a restaurant and i'm talking about something very important with someone i don't want music on at all because i, I it's distracting to me because i listen to music mm-hmm. you see music is not right. background to me when i go to play in a hospital for instance i know that most likely it's not going to be background music i don't want it to be background music i want it to take them into a different place the power of that, but it has to be something that also enables them to have space to feel what they're feeling in a place they don't want to be. We're now talking about time and place of music, I think, mm-hmm. right? Right, exactly. To that, when
0: people close their eyes and take them to a different environment, different space. But why cello? What is it about that resonant sound that, that connects with people?
1: it starts with how it connected with me. It, it, uh-huh. It's the one instrument we wrap our arms around. It's the one instrument we're sitting comfortably and we envelop physically. It's the one instrument that there's a, a body freedom that you have around it. Um, you wrap your body around it, but you're free around it. Most instruments you have to contort. There's a sonic element of the cello. I believe the soothing element is that it's the most like the human voice. It has the same range As are speaking right now. We can go low, we can go high, and it's a great storytelling instrument. Mm. It's when I play by myself I feel like it would be as if a a human being is humming. It's uh, the perfect vehicle to inspire um, comfort, I think.
0: It does. I've heard your music. I did close my eyes. (laughs) I did feel being somewhere else and then it has that strong resonant sound i do enjoy music has that ability to bring us joy comfort motivate us help us relax to make us feel calm or or boost our moods is there a song for every emotion and will classical music work better for certain emotions than other types of music
1: classical music generally are acoustic instruments they're human create the sounds are through acoustic things so they elicit, I think, a very different response than amplified instruments. Based on my own experience, I just get different feelings of different music at different times. Sometimes I'll give you a a very strange example. (laughs) I was playing for an elementary school one time and I asked the 400 kids for an experiment and I asked them all to shut their eyes. And I was talking about the power of music and the power of of silence and imagination and our senses. And I asked them to sit up straight so their lungs were full of oxygen to make their brains fully functioning. I asked them to shut their eyes so their ears would become more. And I said, when I start to play, I'd like you to feel this music. You'll recognize the song. Uh, I started playing the Brahms lullaby. Mm. It's the piece that goes, Ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum. Someone that, something that we all recognize Everyone And some people don't even know why they recognize it. And they certainly don't know it's written by Johannes Brahms One of the greatest mm-hmm. classical composers And slowly as I play this, this three minute piece I start to fade out Because it's so repetitive Where I'm playing but you can't hear it But everyone is still hearing it in their heads But they're not seeing me and for the last 30 seconds of this song, the kids are sitting there in deafening silence, and they're hearing the air in the room. Like that, but I, it, it's, it's continual. And I open my eyes slowly and I watch them as they their faces change. The gravity of life disappears, and I can see eyebrows going up in silence. And I can see it seems to be a, a great change in chemistry inside of them. After about 30 or 45 seconds, I asked them to open their eyes. Mm-hmm. Now it's the Brahms lullaby. Yeah. And I asked, what are you feeling? One girl in that particular case said, I feel like I'm in a boat laying on my back, a little canoe, looking at the sky, and the, the boat is rocking. Yeah. Well, okay, that makes sense. And I said, that's really interesting. Anyone else? Another girl says, I feel like I'm really tired and I'm in my mom's arms as she's rocking me to sleep. Mm-hmm. I said, that's really interesting. Yeah, because, nice. Yeah. And this young boy raises his hand and he says, I feel like the day my father left and never came back. Hmm. Different emotion? Um, v- very different emotion. My response was, thank you for sharing Now, where I'm going with this is that this piece was written as a lullaby. So the one person saw symbolism of being safe in a canoe, looking at the the beautiful sky, being rocked with the water. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The next person, bullseye, felt the mother's embrace and the safety and the warmth and the sleep the third person felt exactly the opposite loss right and abandonment and devastation Mm -hmm. to the same melody it's not that obvious what music does to us and it changes it changes where we are at any particular point so i can i can put a piece of music on that elicited great Energy and vitality, and if I'm in that place in my life to feel that, it becomes that. All right. Music to me is is so awe-inspiring. Uh, I try to share with my young students: go with it and see where it takes you. That's the exciting part. It's not always programmed. Um, a perfect example of that would be the movie Platoon. <laughs> the the war movie from Oliver Stone where the war is happening but there's a slow adagio music with the war it's exactly the polar opposite to what is happening on the screen it is the barber's adagio for strings it does not make sense to go with war and this kind of action but it's it's so perfect Mm -hmm. because it gives perspective to that and what chords do to us theoretically in music at particular times, sometimes the contrast, the exact opposite, is as potent as the obvious.
0: You are listening to United and Resilient. We will be right back with our music and its healing properties. Now we will move into our intermission segment of Where Were You on August 3rd with our guest Sesat Lujan. Lujan is the owner of Instruments of Healing and a sound healing teacher he shares his personal story of the August 3rd, 2019, tragedy.
2: My name is Cesar Lujan, and this is my story. I'm a born and raised El Pasoan. I was raised here until I was 23, and then I moved away, and I've been living in different cities throughout the world. When August 3rd happened, I was actually living in the city of Los Angeles. And my family is still here in El Paso, and they actually live about... Uh, right, they live right behind Tila Vista, and so we have a family group text on WhatsApp. And the first notion of what that something had happened with the tragedy uh, came through. It shocked me to the core. Um, my birthday is August the third as well. I was uh, in LA and getting ready to go and celebrate my day and just kind of get that started, and hearing all these all this news come over these messages was just so shocking so gut-wrenching and of course you know we're trying to figure out where everyone is what's going on we start to hear different stories that there's multiple things and things that were not true but you don't have that sensibility to be able to say okay or to know that this is true or this is not true not being here in the city not being able to be with friends was just I don't know. It was it was hard. <laughs> That's the best way that I can describe it. My whole family is here. Uh, I'm pretty much the only one that has moved away and stayed away. And because they all live really close by, you know, it's it's the store to go to when they need groceries, when they need anything. So it was um, a very present, the fact that they could have been involved, they could have been there, and then that was very scary for me. I was glued to the TV, so obviously I wanted to find out as much as I could. After finding out by my immediate family, then your next worry comes in. What about my friends? What about the rest of my family? My, uh, my non immediate family? My cousins? My aunts? Like, where is everyone? Is everyone accounted for? Like, what's going on? I was just pretty much stuck in limbo and stuck in a moment for, uh, for a while. <laughs> the first thing that impressed me the most about El Paso is I knew that we were a strong community. I never really realized how much of a strong community we actually were, because that whole saying of El Paso strong really resonates, and it really makes a big difference. Because we are, we are a strong community. We do come together in through thickness and thin, in any circumstances. You know, I've lived here my entire life, and I've grown up with people and didn't, seen so many different things and organizations and for everyone to just come together and organize so quickly so strongly was just amazing the fact that here we are three years down the road and people are still gathering they're still they're still communing rallying behind each other is so so special you know I did, I did an event uh, being a sound healer I did an event this year for uh, as, a, as a remembrance and it was beautiful to just come and for people to come together and come out here and see it. In essence, it's just, this is the spirit, a spirit that will never be silenced, a spirit that only grows, that becomes more resilient as tragedy, as circumstances unfold. You know, there's nowhere to go but up. And even through the, through the lows, even through the tragedies, even through whatever is going on, We do rally behind each other and we do find that resiliency to come forward, to move forward, and to prosper, to overcome. It's a very beautiful thing to see and very exclusive to El Paso. I've lived in many different cities throughout the U.S. and I can't tell you that there's a single place that's just like El Paso.
0: We now return to our second part of music and its healing properties. Being a professor of cello, and music here at the university. Do you notice also young musicians who possess that natural talent for music still transform improvisation, maybe music for performance? Do you see in them being transformed?
1: I think the smartest I've ever felt I was was when I was 18, because ignorance is bliss. (laughs) Many great historic musicians who heard me play at 18, Mm -hmm. where I could play, told me that I could play, but without life experience, I would have nothing to share. Being able to tell that story through the eyes of someone who knows that story, musically, emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, is very different than telling a story that someone else lived and not knowing what you're talking about, but you're telling it very well. So. To answer your question, young people, my hope is to give them the tools to open those boxes, to give them the freedom to question and to experience life at its fullest at any given time. Because no matter how great you are when you're young, you are different when you're older. If you think you know it all, you're not learning. You're not listening. At any age, I know less now than I did yesterday because I realize how big the world is and what more I want to know. And I find myself um, uh, in awe of what I uh, don't know versus filling space with what I do know. And so again, to quote Janos Starker, who was one of my heroes, a very wonderful Hungarian cellist, as a teacher, the job is to give the student the tools and then to watch how they use them. You can't tell someone how to play the music. You can't tell someone how to feel. They have to have the tools to be free on their instrument, to let themselves feel as they're ready to at any given time.
0: Do you believe that the stressed out millennials now are being introduced to, you know, music from Sebastian Bach or Amadeus Mozart or any other baroque style composers to distress? Compared to pop music,
1: hmm, I think society now does not allow us to really have space in general, and I'm I'm guilty of this as well. I, you know, it's very. I have to remind myself to put my phone away and to walk down the street to not make being, making phone calls or to be flipping through uh, things very quickly. Everything is consumer fast-paced I think it would be very rare in general for most people let alone Millennials to feel comfortable sitting still for 25 minutes at a shot without multiple sources sensory things I mean look at the movie theaters now Um, it's very rare to go to a theater and just watch a movie you have to be dining you have to be sitting in a recliner you have to be able to have a menu in front of you, ordering it sometimes, so you're eating, uh, drinking, watching the theater, and you're in physical comfort. Um, that's what people expect now because you could be at home too if you want. It's the same with going to concerts now. They're they serving food and drinks at concerts now because people expect that. And the concerts are getting shorter and they're becoming social rallies because as the pandemic proved to us, the arts kind of bring us together to be inspired, to then share as human beings with each other. The, the music is just the beginning. Uh, it's not the end. What I learned during the pandemic is that I missed being with people. I missed sharing the music with people to then have those conversations that it inspired. It reminds us to vibrate. Right. And without vibrations, we are not alive.
0: Having those Vibrations, having, you know, listening to the music and people um, that may have any type of health condition or just feeling anxiety, stressed out, uh, depressed. Do you believe that the music can heal or provide a therapy?
1: Music is my daily therapy. Music um, gives me hope and it starts there. It reminds me of how powerful the brain and the emotions are and how they can dictate us and drive us in good and bad directions and the power that it has i think that it could make a lot more people feel that too and so i look for that when i go play for people in hospitals or in hospice in military facilities or prisons Uh pediatric centers psychiatric uh, institutions i've tried it all It's astonishing to me what it does to people in situations that are not everyday life. So, if I were to play on the street uh, and take out my cello, the first people that stop are the kids and they stop their parents because the parents are preoccupied. The kids are not. The kids are present. They're innocent. And the kids are like, that's a cello, yes, that's a cello. Then all of a sudden I see the the bond between the parent and the child become very real because the parent, as they're walking down the street with the child, is not actually with the child. They're in their own spinning thoughts. But the cello or the music in this particular case brought them together to enjoy a moment. I uh, played for a prison, San Quentin, several years ago, where after I performed, one of the prisoners stood up crying and said that. He hadn't cried. He'd been in the prison for 26 years and hadn't cried in 27 years and wanted to know why my music, my cello was making this happen. He wanted to know why right then. I asked him, I said, what's the opposite of love? The whole prison audience said hate. I said, no, no. The opposite of love is indifference. When you don't feel, when you don't acknowledge the feeling and try to deal with it, And I said, so you've basically been asleep for 26 years and now you're awake because you're vibrating. I said, so welcome back. In hospice, people are numb. The the families, the patients. When I play, there's generally laughter and crying. There's vibrations. When I go into hospice, it's usually quiet and silent because people are numb and they don't know what to do. They're lost. They don't want to lose. In the hospitals, when I play for, for hospitals, I realize very quickly it's not for the, necessarily for the patients, it's for their parents mm-hmm. and the loved ones. Mm-hmm. It's for the doctors and the nurses. It's a distraction and a soundtrack to make them think loving thoughts mm-hmm. or optimism. And so that's why I do what I do. Um, that's why I, I go out of my way outside of the concerts where people choose to go, I go to places where they don't know that music can be so powerful.
0: You give them that escapism. That's right. They don't expect it there.
1: You just hit it. That's the power is that when people don't expect it. And that goes back to what you said immediately. You know, is there a formula? Yeah, there's a formula. I can play something happy that you'll be like, that's a really fun piece. Mm -hmm. But if I play it under different circumstances, you might not think it's a fun piece here in El Paso.
0: Where can people go to explore
1: more about music scene? We are very lucky. We are alone in El Paso. And what I mean by that is that there are no real cities around here to go to. If you want to go to the next city east, it's the big city is Dallas. That's, that's a long way away. And if you want to go left to the west, it's hours and hours and hours and hours away. Um, it's very rare to have a city like that. Yes, of course, we're a border city and we go into Juarez. That's, that's a whole other country, a whole other conversation. But we are a community that takes care of itself. We have to. You have to choose to come to El Paso. As a, It's not a hub city. And I'm saying this as a compliment with the arts, is that we have a symphony, we have an opera, we have a chamber music series, El Paso Pro Musica. We have art museums, we have a wonderful university at UTEP. So, where does one go if they want to hear symphonic music? There are There's a youth symphony here in town. There is a, a symphony here in town. There's an orchestra that accompanies the opera here in town. There's the UTEP symphony here in town. Right next door is the uh, the Las Cruces symphony, just 37 miles away. And if you want to hear chamber music and recitals, we've got El Paso Pro Musica that's all over the region, uh, bringing soloists and quartets and trios and quintets and sextets and Octets, singers, guitarists, um, mariachi, and of course we've got the Don Haskins Center that brings in rock bands. We are we've got everything here, and it's 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 wonderful to see it. El Pasoans don't have to go anywhere to have everything right here. And thank you,
0: thank you for choosing to come to this community.
1: <laughs> I can't believe it's already been 21 years. That's I was the, I came here in my 20s, so I'm in I'm 50 now, so I'm in my third decade here. <laughs> if you think of it that way.
0: And I'm sure you've seen it enhance more and more Oh,
1: it's amazing. over the years. It's amazing. I remember when when I first got here, they said, you know, by the time, in in 20 or 30 years, there'll be houses all the way from El Paso to Las Cruces. (laughs) And it's not happened yet, but it's getting there. I tested the other day a drive from around Red Road and Trans Mountain to the east side. It was 44 miles. It was not like that before. No, it was not like that before, and that, how wonderful! Because and it's also more responsibility for the arts organizations here in town to get out there and play there too. El Paso, you know, deserves the best, and we're going to bring it to them.
0: And those, uh, you know, coming in are they're new generations. They're they're people from out of town coming That's right. to choose to, That's to right. live in this community. So, and I know they're they're in the search for. Classical for
1: good music. Well, we have it all here, from sports to to (laughs) culture, to the the arts, to the visual arts, to the uh, classical arts and rock and roll, and everything's here, you just have to know where to go.
0: What message of hope can you provide to the El Paso community?
1: The message is, is that El Paso Strong, we rallied, and the way we supported those who were affected directly, and the way we held together is unique and rare and shows the strength of El Paso and that without community we have nothing. I came back and played at the memorial. I played Casal's Song of the Birds um, while the names were being read. I chose that piece of music, talk about uh, music and uh, situations like that. It's a song for peace. It's a song to give an atmosphere to let people think about their loved ones that had been lost. What does resiliency mean to you? This is how we define ourselves. And resilience is how we stand strong always knowing that we need to protect and grow and enjoy and appreciate every moment we have. El Paso is the best. El Paso is such a tightly knit community. Uh, I've rarely seen, if ever, a community like this. It's it's, it's with such a big city. We stand strong.
0: Zul, thank you for your reflection, your expertise, taking your time to to be here with us. Great pleasure. Thank you, Zul. This is music from Zul Bailey. A premier cellist in the world and artistic director of El Paso Pro Musica. His music brings calmness and generates a musical space for emotional, physical, and mental healing to occur. You may learn more about him in our webpage, opasounitedfrc.org. And thank you, everyone, for listening. When you hear your favorite music, how does it make you feel? Perhaps it brings back and fond memories and transports you even momentarily to another time and place. Maybe it makes you feel relaxed from head to toe, or maybe it gets your blood pumping and makes you want to get up and dance. Few other experiences in life have had that wide array of effects on us that music has. Whether you want to distress, get motivated, forget your troubles or focus on a project the right music can help you get there thank you